Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Filippo. What an episode to leave off on. Uh, the Jank Squad fought a dragon for the second second and a half time, if we count uh, Mondath's uh, uh, creation, that transformation creation created. But not only just a normal dragon, but a, a full-blown adult dragon, one step removed from the most powerful dragons in all the land of Faerun. And I gotta tell you, they did an excellent job prepping, planning their roles, and everything went off for the most part without a hitch, even with the ice trolls coming over and with the net dropping on top of Arathator, Arathator's frozen breath as it was blasting uh, the battlefield. They almost defeated Arathator until at the last minute Arathator realized death was imminent, and so he snuck out through his lair, never return again and that is where we join our adventurers on this week's episode so jank squad this dragon was massive and the battle was intense and although you have ice trolls still in your vicinity they look the direction that arathator flew and they heard him leave and the ice trolls look at each other, and they look down at you. I'm the only one next to the ice trolls. Fleeple and Lance are still running after the dragon. And so they look at you, Mal, and as they look back at themselves, they sort of just give a shrug, and they start walking away from you. You obviously can still take opportunity attacks and destroy these trolls if you so desire, but without their master, Arathator, being there doesn't seem like they are willing to take the initiative, so to speak, in uh, their employment. And they have started retreating back to their previous locations. Unsure of exactly what just happened with them, and since they're walking away, Mal will drop her rage with her bonus action and re-rage in the form of an eagle so that I can take Dash as a bonus action and will book it toward Lance and Fleeple because she's too far away through the pillars to really have understood that anything has happened. So she's going to continue booking it toward where her comrades are. Absolutely. Fleeple, you're the first one, I believe, that will get to Arthator's, uh, the west side of the iceberg here, if that is the direction you're heading. Uh, Lance... No, Lance, you're going to be the fastest, aren't you? With your 90 feet of movement. Yes. Our last time seeing the map, do I... Me and Fleeple are within range of each other, meaning we can see each other, correct? Yes. Then This is... You can only see up to 60 feet around you, and in fact, the fog makes it absolutely impossible to see past that, even with dark vision. So yes, you can see each other still. I'm just going to turn to Fleeple, and I'm just going to go, This can't be over. And I will run, kind of beckoning him toward the pool in which Arithator dove into. 
Fleeple uh, needs no extra convincing. He's still scrambling his way as quickly towards the edge of the water as he can and kind of skids upon reaching it and looks up towards Lance and is just like, this area is bad for you. Going underwater is not good for a person like you, but don't worry, I've got this taken care of. And I'm going to pull out a little caterpillar cocoon and crush it in my hands and start rubbing them together all magic-like. Okay, sounds good. Perhaps we do need to keep our initiative order here. Give me a second. Yeah, Fleeple's been holding off on the shenanigans a lot ever since we got to this iceberg, and now's the time <laughs> to try and pull out every shenanigan I can. Time for a Fleeple. So, with your first move, with your movement, you are able to book it all the way to the pools of water which Arthur slipped under. Uh, Lance, with your, if you take an action, well, I was gonna say you could you could try to perceive which one of the pools they went under. Yes, I want to do that. The other, the other three are undisturbed. There's no water to lap it, but there is one on the south side that is, it's moving quite a bit. Like there's a lot of disturbance going there. Could I form my action just to help Fleeple get a good start, possibly in what he is, whatever he's planning to do, knowing Fleeple, that could be anything. Helping Fleeple get a start on this, could I look at that pool and try and give a perception check to see which possible way, based on the way the water's forming, which way Erythator might have dove into the water, meaning like, oh, he went north, or he went, he curved to the west when he dove in, or whatever have you. I see. So he dove like, on the off chance that it's just a big expanse under there, you want to give Fleeple a further direction, is yeah. kind of what I'm understanding? Correct. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, uh, if you, go ahead and roll a perception check then. Okay. That is... Finally, not a low roll. <laughs> Perception. That's going to be 23. 23. Arthur dove into this pool going east, if that makes sense. So dove in it from the west side. But as you run up to it and look down with your dark vision and a 23, you see that this is actually more of like a tube going under the water. So even though he dove east, there really is only one direction for Arathator to go. Okay, I'm just going to let Fleeple know that so he can have a little bit more bearing on whatever he's going to do. It's a tunnel. He's in a tunnel. And Mal, just for my benefit, how far was your running speed? You dropped a bonus action. So the first round would have been just 40 feet because it would have just been my movement. Yep. But on a full round, I can go 81, 20. Yeah, I can go 120 in a round. Okay, sounds good. We'll get to that in a sec. Okay, great. Uh, Fleeple, you used all of your movement to get over to this pool as well. So on the next round, you can start shenanigans. With that in mind, Mal. So when we get back to your turn, you're going to move your whole full 120 to the group. Is that right? Yes. Okay, full 120. You're you're catching up. Uh, Fleeple, it is your turn. All right. I have one high-level spell slot left. I'm going to cast Polymorph on myself. I am a ninth-level character, so I'm going to transform into a CR8 Sperm Whale, and I'm going to go nose-first down to this tunnel. Okay. (laughs) 
with your action. I imagine like you're like, okay, okay, okay. To give you some, you fly up and as you rub your hands together, muttering, you sort of spread this because you have like a paste on you, right? Like in your hands, right? Is that what you're doing? Or So yeah, I the material component for polymorph is a caterpillar cocoon. So I crush that and I like leap up into the air, toss the dust of the cocoon in front of me like glitter. And as I fall through, suddenly I turn into a big old sperm whale and just straight down into that tunnel. And Lance drowns. (laughs) 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 It's just a large creature, is that right? Uh, This is a gargantuan beast. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The beast of the sperm whale. So even bigger. Great. Yes, this is not the first time that somebody has been a sperm whale on one of our podcasts. Oh, no. That's so... (laughs) Very true. Very true. Very true. So as you dive in, um, what's the swim speed for a sperm whale? 60 feet, and I'm going to be dashing. Well, actually, I can't dash because I already used my action, but in subsequent rounds, I'm going to be dashing. This is... This is going to be a little bit tight. Uh, this is not an open expanse. This is a corridor, and it's going to be a little bit tight. You can go in the opening for sure. Uh, I measured that out, so though, you can barely go through the opening, and you fill the expanse. So as you move around corners, we might have to do an athletics roll or a dexterity roll as that sperm whale, if you can maintain that full 60 feet rushing to catch up. But yes, uh, this is uh, this is happening right now. So <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, nothing with your bonus action, I assume, right? Nope. That'll do it for me. Okay. So you swim 60 feet down. Uh Fun fact, white dragons only have a swim speed of 40 feet. (gasps) The whale versus dragon. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, white dragons are uh, only large creatures, apparently. So (laughs) we will see what this... No, they're huge. They're huge. Sorry. They are huge creatures, but not gargantuan. (laughs) So let's see. I'm just doing some math in my mind, trying to make my degree uh, relevant to my life. And um, let's see. Okay. Fleeple, he dove in. You guys all ran over. And then he had his turn. And then Fleeple, you jumped in as a killer whale, a sperm whale. Okay, cool. How much uh, sight do you have as a sperm whale? And do they have dark vision? They have to have dark vision, right? Uh, Sperm whale has blind sight to 120 feet. (gasps) Well, cool. (laughs) Echolocation, baby. So, Fleeple, as you go, as you go, we're all doing the sound effects. Mickey doesn't need sound effects for this. We got it. (laughs) I will not add sound effects at this moment. Oh, boy. (laughs) You feel something swimming quite frantically ahead of you, but not out of the iceberg for sure. And so you still feel like down the corridor, you might be able to catch up if you can get some really good rolls here. Okay. Uh, Lance, what are you doing? Are you like getting your swimsuit on to try and like jump in? And uh... No, because I'm not, because it's, it's, it's ice water, right? And that's a big no-no. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. This is, and this whole, and this whole area is not, I mean, I, I mentioned when you first come down here, it's frigid cold. It is 
blisteringly cold. And in fact, in this area, you know that if you spend any extended period of time in here, there might be some consequences, uh, long lasting consequences in your body. You're fine. You've only spent maybe 10 minutes down here, but you're like, yeah, I could feel myself like slipping away heat wise. Yeah. And this is just going to kind of like, it's, it's one of those moments where you know something bad or, you know, like this is something needs to be done, but there's nothing you can do. It's one of those moments, you know, I think all of us have had maybe a moment or two like that in our lives. And it's just like where you feel paralyzed by your sheer lack of being able to do anything in this moment of paralysis of like going through almost the index of his mind of all the things he can do, realizing there's nothing he can do. And just asking himself that question, just whispering like, what do I do? What do I do? And also reflecting on that he basically did nothing in this battle to help. And it's just kind of plaguing his mind right now. As the cold continues to drop and the temperature, you feel an icy hand sort of like touch your right shoulder. And as you look back, you see this sort of like misty form of your sister as she looks on looks upon you forlornly like going it's not much to do now love have to wait for them and i believe that's your turn lance yep arathatura is going to take his turn and i'm actually going to have him roll something because this corridor is twisty turny and tight not just for a sperm whale arathator moves further down the icy corridor path. That's his turn. Mal, your go. That's another 120 feet, I believe, yes? At this point, Lance, Mal finally runs up, just breathless and just... (sighs) And Mal will look around and see that Fleeple isn't there, fearing the worst, that the dragon is gone and so is Fleeple. She goes... (sighs) Where's Fleeple? Lance? Where is he? Where's Fleeple? Where is he? Lance just kind of looks down into the pool and just went, he went after him. So Mal is yelling this at you as she's using her movement and running over to you, Lance. And as she comes up, you you point to the pool at both of your feet. Fleeple. Go get him. You go get him. Go get him. him. Yeah, I'm going to swim 120 feet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So, Fleeple, I'm going to have you roll a dexterity check for this, um, (laughs) for going around these corridors. This first one won't be a high DC, though. Uh, it, it, It is quite wide near the opening of this iceberg here. So just go and roll a general dexterity check. When you said athletics or dexterity, I was really hoping it would be athletics because I have a plus eight strength as a sperm whale. Oh my gosh. I have a minus one dexterity, so that's a two. Two. Okay. So not the full 120 feet, but you still go 100 feet. Oh, that's not bad. This person. It's not terrible. It wasn't as big of a might get harder and it might get worse as we continue on through this corridor but it's not it's not terrible right at the beginning here <laughs> your blind sense is like ah Arthur is like right there you could like point him if you had fingers Ooh, and boy. you 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 yell this like beast you'll yell throughout the water as it shakes which sounds like 
and uh, and you two at the bottom of like at, at the at the pool, you feel this like vibration and allow and a bubble just kind of, and the bubble you hear. It's the sound of a warrior. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Oh man. Okay. Lance and Mal, are you you still are in initiative here? Would you like to do anything or are you waiting holding for the rest of the combat? Lance is going to just obviously with the paralysis of powerlessness try and think of anything and he's just going to start looking around wildly for anything that stands out around here in the immediate area like anything of note that is like oh that's that's interesting that's new like he's obviously looking for something to help but he's also just looking for anything that might just like what can i do right now um mal will stand on the edge of that abyss and feeling that similar powerlessness she looks back at lance what was his plan what what happened? I, he, he went um, after the dragon. Yes, um, he 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 flew and he he created dust out of nothing. It seemed, and he became a a monstrous sea creature. I've never seen anything like it. But in the most legendary storybooks, just this huge mammoth of a thing, just like a like a like a like a whale, but much like a. It, it was huge. And he, he just went in after him. Mal kicks at the snow, which sends a burst of snow into the water, watches it descend. She just says, dang it, Fleeple. What happens if he gets in trouble down there? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I didn't do anything. Lance is like, just kind of in that kind of joining in the frustration of Malamara. First it was panic, now it's frustration. I don't I don't know. There's nothing we can do. Mal looks around, still a little breathless from her jolt. And since the whole round has gone by and she hasn't taken any damage, her rage leaves her. And she just is left feeling exhausted. <sighs> okay. Okay. So she reaches in her bag and takes out the sending stone, which she knows that Filippo has the other one. Okay, I have this in case he gets into trouble. So what's the next thing that we can do? And Mal will start looking around and see Arithator's horde. And uh, Makatha described it in the ice and such. Why don't we try to start thawing out some of this horde and see what we can take back while we wait for Fleeple to get back to us? Yeah, and with that in mind, uh, Mal, you do... It's exactly as described. A lot of this, well, for heaven's sakes, there's treasure on this side of the area. There is treasure on t a few bits on top of the ice, but as you look at the wall, it glistens not only with, well, I should clarify, as you don't have a light source quite yet, but if you ignite a light source, it glistens across the landscape here, across the room, as you see gold, platinum, copper, um, gems, rubies, magic items, armor, all frozen into the wall. And it actually takes you aback because at some point you see 
frost giants frozen directly into the wall, some of them losing limbs, some of them with their helmets hanging off, some of them only with uh, partial faces, but all of them frozen into the wall of this lair. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a treasure trove. As this is wrapping up, we go back to the only two people still in initiative, Arathator and uh, Fleeple. I'm trying to think of a clever name for a sperm whale Fleeple, and I, I just can't come up with one. Speeple. Speeple. <laughs> Moby Deeple. Moby, Moby Deeple! Moby <laughs> Deeple! Ned inspiration for that. Oh, thank you. Oh, come on! Wow. A good chance I need it. I deliver so <laughs> many puns, <laughs> and Ned just gets the ones. Oh, my gosh. Hey, I have to... All things in balance, right? Jake for no, I never... I don't think I've ever got... I've gotten eye rolls on any pun I've used. I have never gotten inspiration for a pun. Listeners, if that's true... We'd love to hear about it on our Discord. Um, mm. so. <laughs> As the editor, I can confirm that that's true. Thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked for our case. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, in any case, Fleeple, Arthur, you feel swimming away from you quite frantically now. Uh, it's your go. Uh, you keep moving forward. I'm going to give you an opportunity now. There are, this is a particularly tight corner that you're coming up against. You may use a dexterity check or a strength check. Dexterity, if you're able to, uh, the DC will be much lower because you'll be able to slip by it. Or you could just swim and try to use brute force to maybe crack away some ice and push it forward through this next section here to see if you can get your full 120 movement there. Okay, before I go too far, do I have maybe a sense of how close this dragon is to me? Yeah, you uh, blind sense uh, 120 feet, right? Yep. Uh, They are out of your blind sense. They were, but then they swam away, so they're out of your blind sense currently. Yeah, we're going to try and ram our way through with some strength. Great. Go ahead and roll me an uh, athletics or strength check here. Yeah. That's a 23. Yeah. 23. 22 is the DC here. So this is particularly small. You see the hole just get significantly smaller and you just... And you just... You pick up energy and you pick up speed and just... Boom! You just smash right into the ice and... You get your full 120 feet there, and uh, it's starting to open up a little bit more in this corridor to the point where you're afraid that uh, you might actually go to open waters here for the dragon. Not not like immediately, but you're like, uh, a couple more rounds of this, and he might be able to swim out, or we might lose him to some in some capacity. But 120, he's only... 40 feet away from you. He's directly in front of you. You see him and Arthur, he kind of like looks back and uh, he ch- and he just swims away. That's going to be another uh, and he just to the edge of your blind sense now. This next section I didn't have uh, any obstructions so as he's to the edge of your blind sense 120, you swim your full 120 mm-hmm. feet and you are right up next to him. So you and Arthur, you like have the big eye. You can't swing your head around, but you swim right next to him as your large whale eye is staring right at him. And he's like looking at you. And uh, if dragons had like 
were able to like have like very distinct facial expressions. You just see shock and like confusion on his face. Yeah, you are side by side with Arthur right now. Ooh, yeah. He is going to attack you. All right. <laughs> he's going to go. He's going to stop his movement. He's magic. He knows magic. So he's going to just turn and just try to wail into you. Um, this is uh, three attacks against you. So first attack. That's going to be a 23 to hit. That hits. Natural 20 for the second. Ooh. Of course. And a uh, 22 to hit on that. So I imagine all three hit. Indeed. Okay, so that's going to be... Actually, I'm going to use a luck point on that nat Ooh. 20. Yeah. Very good. good all right. I'm going to make a roll. That's a 14. 14. Okay, well, it's 25 total still, so it still hits, but not at double damage there. So go ahead and mark off that luck point. So that's going to be 66 dice. Do we want to get those separately for the purposes of concentration? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I'll do the first one. First one is only 10 points of damage. Okay, con save. That is an 8. Oh, so you could lose polymorph right now. With your I could. I'm check. going to use my inspiration. Okay. <laughs> That's what you get yeah, for pun inspiration. That's a six. <laughs> oh. <gasps> Dang it. Yeah, your polymorph is gone. As, as he takes damage to you uh, with his first bite. <laughs> and you, this massive giant sperm whale disappears into this creature much Wait, so smaller. so his first attack caused the drop. Gone. Mm-hmm. Polymorph gone. So two more attacks on just Fleeple himself. That's correct. Oh, as as Arthator glowers down at you, he's going to claw at you. Wait a minute. Melee. Oh. Oh. Underwater combat rules. Hold on. That's right. Underwater combat rules. I totally forgot about this. He would this. have disadvantage on the attacks because he's not aquatic, I think. Let's let's take it. Hold on. Mini crunch squad, everybody. Underwater combat. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, making melee weapon attacks, a creature that doesn't have a swimming speed has disadvantage. He does ha- he does have a swimming speed, and then I would just uh, and then the damage is all good to go still, I believe. Okay, 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 okay. All right. How many hit points does a whale have? Uh, 189. Yeah, the sperm whale had 189 hit points. Okay, so Fleeple, for the second one, that's 20 points of damage to you. All right. And then finally, the last one is 11 points of damage to you. Okay. And Arthator is going to stand uh, stand there. He's going to stay his presence as he sees one creature, tiny, puny winged like creature to him a mocking uh, image of what a dragon ought to be and he glowers and it is your turn Fleeple alright I'm going to turn into a giant octopus okay yeah there we go (laughs) so you spend your action Turn into a giant octopus. Well, and is this with uh, polymorph or with your? Uh, uh, this is with my wild shape. Wild shape. So no somatic or verbal components needed. You just 
and you turn into a giant octopus in front of him. And uh, Arthator sort of swims back a little bit, like, what is going on here? Like, who is this person? Like, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> giant whale. Stupid, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. So that's your action to transform. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, because you didn't take a circle of the moon, and circle of the moon lets you do it as a bonus action, I believe. Correct. In that case, then, actually, before I transform, I'm going to use my bonus action to cast heroism on myself. Okay. You cast heroism. I'm just going to... I know we don't get into underwater very much. I'm just looking at the components of heroism. I apologize. That's a good point. Uh, verbal. It does have some verbal. All right. We'll forget about that then and be done. Okay. Sounds good. Giant octopus. Wait, hold on. How long can they hold their breath? Players can cast spells underwater in D&D. Players can cast standard spells, cantrips, fire, and spells that require verbal, somatic, and certain material components So you can cast it. How long they can hold their breath and exhaustion from swimming can impact a player's ability to cast spells. So are we saying that being underwater isn't preventing me from speaking? Correct. Like you have Just let out a little bit of air? Yeah, so you let, you have, I like the idea of like, you have a limited air in your lungs and if you choose to expend that to cast a spell your air supply diminishes so yeah you are able to use the verbal components of the spell to cast heroism on yourself uh, Fleeple Um, so go ahead and give yourself the benefits of heroism alright that sounds good to me Uh, well shoot knowing that I can do vocal under let me me just check something real real quick (laughs) Uh, uh, give me a second (laughs) I, instead, am going to cast Sanctuary on myself with my bonus action. And then use my action to polymorph into a giant octopus. Sounds good. Uh, Sanctuary, meaning they have to make an attack roll against, or they have to make a save against you if they're going to do damage. Any creature who would target me with an attack or harmful spell makes a wisdom save. On a fail, they must choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. Okay, well, they are going to use their legendary action to attack you as a giant octopus, but that's a wisdom save against your spell save DC, correct? Correct. Good call, Ned. Uh, that is a two on the dice for a total of eight. Uh, that does not succeed. So, yeah, their initial tail attack... Uh, they whip out, they try to whip it towards you, but being a giant octopus, they're just confused, and so it just kind of goes wide. But it is their, now their turn, so they are going to take the three actions against you. That means every single attack, they have to roll a wisdom save against you? Yes. Oh my gosh, stop it. Okay, well, let me do wisdom saves here first. This is what happens when you fight against DM. DM versus <laughs> DM. It's a 22 for the first one, so that attack goes through, uh, I believe. And then the second one here... Uh, that's an eight again, so that's, that fails. All right. And then it was 16 for the last one. My DC is 17. Oh, oh so they only get one attack. Okay, well, here's the bite coming at you. And that is going to be a 27 to hit. So I That does hit. That hits. Yes, okay. And they're going to do only 2d10 damage. That's going to be 20 four points of piercing damage plus four points of cold damage. So a total of 
28, but it's not concentration because it's wild shape. So Correct. You don't have to roll any, so but just top 28 to your octopus, giant octopus form. All right. Well, yeah, with that, I'm going to just send it right back to you. Arthur is still feeling pretty confident. He popped you out of the sperm whale, giant octopus. You know, he couldn't attack you for some of it, but he got it against you. He's going to sit, he's going to stand his ground and he's going to just breathe uh, out his nostrils as bubbles like burst, like start to blow and obs- gently obscure your vision there. Uh, Fleeple. All right. This will make me lose my. Uh, sanctuary, but I will make a tentacle attack against the dragon. Great. Sanctuary lost, but go ahead and roll. It's a 19 to hit. That hits. Yeah, Ooh, thank goodness. yeah it does. Oh, 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 that hits. He's super it's hurt. It's be 13 bludgeoning damage. He is hurt. 14 bludgeoning damage. Yep, 13. Yep, yep. 13. Okay. Yep, but yep, yep. Tight, tight. Even better than that, he's now grappled. Escape DC 16, and until the grapple ends, he is restrained. Booyah. Booyah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, he has taken some damage there, and you restrain him with your uh, octopus suckers. And uh, you you just are gripping onto him as he lashes against your bonds here. At the end of your turn, he's going to try an attack. Oh, my gosh. Restrained. So, yeah, while restrained, all of his attack rolls have disadvantage. Attack rolls against him have advantage. Speed becomes zero, can't benefit from any bonus to speed, has disadvantage on deck saves. Okay, so disadvantage. He's going to try and attack you with this tail with disadvantage here. All right. The first one was a natural 20. With disadvantage? No, that was the first roll. Uh, so that's uh, going to be a 16 to attack with his tail still. That with does disadvantage. Hit. Okay, so here comes the damage to you. He can try and break out too, right? Yes, he can. This is just his legendary action right now, so that's 12 points of bludgeoning damage to you. All right. Okay, still a giant octopus? Still a giant octopus. Okay, sounds good. Now he is going to spend his turn to try and break out of this, and that is a, uh, what type of athletics? Athletics or acrobatics, his choice, DC 16. Yeah, that's going to be athletics. So yeah, if he as long as he doesn't get like a natural one, he should be able to get out of this. Yeah, that's an eleven. Oh Ooh, boy! And uh, th- trying to escape a grapple costs a full action, I believe. That's his action, so he c- can't attack anymore this turn. He is going to try and swim further to the. He can't. Uh, a restrained creature's speed is zero. Yeah. We found this out when uh, Mal was restraining Resmir in the air. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So he just thrashing against you as he tries to move, you just pull him back, and one of your tentacles actually, like, suctions to the wall, like, holding both of you there. Yeah, thra- thrashing violently. Uh, it goes back to you, Fleeple. Okay, and as long as he's restrained, my attacks have advantage. Yeah, that's true. He didn't want that to happen. So uh, go for it. It's only a 15, even with advantage. Okay, that's a miss for the first one. Uh, that's that's the only one. That's the I, only I've one. I've used every single luck, every single inspiration. Oh, okay, sounds good. So no inspiration. Get a pun. Okay. Quick, Ned. Pun it, pun it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> pun, pun, pun. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the pun it square for this here dragon, I bet it's bad stuff on one side and bad stuff on the other side. Am I right? <laughs> what a story, Mark. What a yeah. story. Um, 
All right. Well, he's going to try and do a tail attack against you with his legendary action with disadvantage again. Oh, my gosh. That's a 15 to hit? That does hit. Okay. Because you... Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Okay, five and... 13, uh, 19 bludgeoning damage to you. Okay, I'm Fleeple again. Broken out, no longer restrained. <laughs> really frustrated. He's just going to try and wail on you, Fleeple, with three attacks. So here we go. First one. Natural 20. Okay. Second no. one. No. 19. All right. 24 for the third one. Those all hit. Okay, let's roll... Um, the natural 20 here. 46 points of piercing and cold damage. All right. I'm still up. Okay. Here's the claw. Wait, that was just the first attack? Okay. That was just the first attack. Cool. 24 slashing for the claw, two claw attacks coming afterwards. All right. And I'm down. Okay. Fleeple. As you go down and as you're underwater, Arthator slashing at you, bite, claw, claw. You, uh, you feel yourself slip away from consciousness from this battle. And as you go to blackness, you are unaware of what happens next, what happens around you. This is bad. This is really bad. I don't believe we accounted for legendary actions when we were doing our plots against the DM. <laughs> I mean, this totally random, absolutely improv on the spot plan we have here. Yes, oh. and you guys act like you're upset about this. <laughs> we don't want you to die. Uh, Ned's like, bored. <laughs> you're literally okay. in water. So we're going to go still be in initiative order here. Fleeple, I'm going to have you roll first time a death saving throw. Wait, we can't go? <laughs> this happened just, at the end of initiative. We've been just sitting so here for a while. Mal and, <laughs> so Mal and Lance, as you're at the top, kind of going through it, uh, technically Mal would have an opportunity, but what would influence I mean, like, what? But there's been a couple turns. I feel like we, we could possibly do some This things. has. This, but this has been a significant amount of time. But Mal, it's your it's your go before Fleeple makes his death saving throw. Up to you. But when you get to Fleeple, I will have you make your first death saving throw. Fifteen. One success. But you're in water. So, Jake. Should we do a dice roll? And if it's an even number, we say we give Fleeple more time, and if it's an odd number. We say Fleeple's out of time and try to do something. I like that idea, but to be fair, I did have one idea before. It was kind of like, okay, you guys are RPing. We're just going to go to Fleeple and, and the battle. So I did okay. have one idea I was going to act on, but I didn't want to interrupt the flow of everything. Okay. So I, I generally had an idea that I could have been doing this whole time. And that would be like, as Malamara was saying, like, we just got to, you know, we just got to look around. We just got to, you know you know, trust what Fleeple's doing. And Lance thinking of like his sister saying like, I forgot exactly what Thomas's words were, but you know, just saying like, there's nothing you can do. Lance can't accept that. He's, he, as I think we've established, hates the idea of being helpless for those he loves. And he is just frantic in his mind of what to do. 
And all of a sudden, he just thinks, okay, Mal's magical, but she can't do anything. I'm very limited in magical. The only way we can get magic, 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 Makoff! And he'll just start shouting for the wizard, the one we've tr been tr here to save. And just hoping that, like, as loud as he can shout, and also, actually, the one bit of magic Lance can do is message. And he'll just start pointing everywhere, just saying, Makoff, we need you down here now! The dragon's not here anymore! We need you now! Just shouting and also messaging shouting. <laughs> yeah, how far does message go? Message goes 120 feet, I believe. It stops through like thick things, but there's also a lot of openings and especially we have Macaw's little hideaway right near us too. Yeah, the scriptorium entrance isn't too far. Yes. Okay, so you wanna run over to the scriptorium entrance and just yelling, yelling. Yes, but I also know he was taking, he was taking a sloth back to, or whatever we transform that guy into, yeah. And so, yeah, kind of going that direction, but also like pointing in any direction just in case he's not there and just shouting and messaging. Yes. Okay, we will come back to that then. And um, when Lance runs off uh, shouting Makoth's name, Mal will remember that encounter she had just before we came down into this area and that magic she felt casting the Eldridge Blast and picturing that man with the canaries that she didn't totally understand. And she kind of debates within herself, scrunches her face up and goes, ah, what the heck? So she'll drop to her knees. And while looking up at the ceiling, awkwardly, she will start praying to Bahamut. She doesn't know how to pray. She's never been religious. And up until recently, she's been hooked up with a demon. So <laughs> feeling that influence on her, she goes, I'm sorry. I don't I don't know if this is right. But um, Bahamut, your platinumness, please, please watch over Fleeple. Help him. Give him strength. And I, I know I, I, I don't have any right to ask this, but please let us know if there's something else that we should be doing. If, if he needs our help, send us a sign. Please, please watch over him. I want you to roll a religion check. Yep, super good at those. And Lance, I want you to roll a, pers a yelling check, uh, intimidation <laughs> check. Uh, a vocal check. A yelling check. Performance yeah, check. Yes, performance. That's probably the best <laughs> thing that we've got there to yelling how loud it can go. Uh, while this is happening, Fleeple, roll me another death saving throw. 15. Two successes. Okay, 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 okay. But he's in the water. He's going to drown. I rolled a 10. Okay. And Mal, religion. I only rolled a 9 because I have a negative 1 to my intelligence. Great. You know, round goes, so, or we have about round or two goes and uh, no response yet. Um, if you wish to keep imploring, keep pleading, you can roll another performance. Yeah, Lance is going to run up into the scriptorium, still shouting and messaging, but just seeing if, if that wizard is sitting there or in there. So you're unable to run into the scriptorium because you have to have some sort of levitation to go to climb. the top. This one has a like slide shoot that 
falls down that um, Makoth described and talked about previously, how she was only able to escape the last time she came down here through a levitation spell. Oh, but being at the bottom, you still can yell and you still can scream. Just this is full desperation mode for Lance. Yeah. So as you're climbing the pillar, you do can, can climb the pillar to get close. Yeah. You can't actually leave without a rope or things like that. And so you scream again. Go ahead and roll a performance and Mal. You can roll religion if you'd like. While this is happening, Fleeple, roll me a death saving throw, please. It's 11. 14. 11. 11. 14. That's a success for the death saving throw. That's three successes. However, Fleeple is not stabilized because he is unconscious underwater. He can't subconsciously breathe air in he is still in danger of death and will be continued to making death saving throws as a result what was your your religion check there mel 14 14 if you're 14 you feel unsettled you feel something isn't right something is not sitting well with you but is that you being worried about fleeple or does that mean something is wrong with fleeple i'll let malamara interpret that how you will but that is the impression that comes to you as almost like it's a am i making this up or is this something that's coming to me you know is this am i being given something or is this something coming to me right lance and mal you can still take an action here what what would you like to do lance is going to keep shouting and just the same things of like mccoth we need you get down here you bloody coward he's so angry at Macoth because Macoth could have helped the whole freaking time and did not and he's just going to be like we risked everything for you show up once uh with this i will allow you to roll a persuasion with advantage at this point thank you mal while this is happening what would you like to do <sighs> i am going Mal's going to roll. I'm Malice. I'm going to roll a dice as a player, Mal the human that dice. is portraying yes. this character. <laughs> Mal takes out her dice and starts rolling bones. And I'm going to roll. If I get an even, Mal is going to take it as a sign from Bahamut that something is wrong and she needs to act. And if it is odd, she will okay. do a different action. Leaving it to chance, pulling a fleeple here. Or a net, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leaving it to fate. All right, Mal. Mal, sitting on her knees, thinks about taking out the sending stone, and she is just completely filled with dread in a way that is different from the anxiety of Fleeple being gone. And she just closes her eyes and clasps her hands and just goes, Bahamut, I hope this is from you. I'm trusting you. And so she'll stand up and Lance is at the scriptorium entrance, right? Yeah, so he's away from you. You just hear him screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs a distance away. She'll look at him frantically looking up the chute and shouting at Makoth. And she shouts over to him, Lance, something's wrong. I have to go in after him. I need to go. And she'll wait just a half a second for a response before she'll take her action. While this is happening, Fleeple, 
Roll me a death saving throw, please. Nat 20. What? Nat 20? I have one hit point. I turn into a giant <laughs> octopus. <laughs> Wait, does he cut? Does a nat 20 come get you back? What? Nat 20 gives you one hit With point. One hit point. Sleepily, like, are what? floating around. Just, and like, you kind of like, you don't see what is happening in front of you directly. You are in this weird, amorphous area of, you were underwater, but you're floating, but are you, uh, you're not floating underwater, you're floating in a void, you're floating in a space, and you, you, you think you see a light, you think you hear voices, you hear words being yelled, you feel like you hear like Makoth yelling, or screaming, but it's when you realize you're floating almost in the fog of the lair, you try to focus in, and it's at that moment that Mal stands up and yells to Lance that something is wrong, and as you, she says something is wrong, you go, hey, Mal, what's wrong? What's... Nothing is... <gasps> And you realize something is terribly wrong, and you're brought to, and you you go to inhale. You actually do inhale, and the water immediately fills your lungs. You cough, and without even thinking, you just... In your giant octopus form, is that what you said? You uh, are just... You take a moment. You don't see Arathator anywhere. You don't see him here. You don't see him uh, around the corner. You don't, you're not quite aware which direction to go, but you're breathing, you're alive. And it's at this point, I believe, Mal, you decide to dive in. Well, I was waiting for half a second to see if Lance has a quick response. With that persuasion roll that you had me roll with advantage, I rolled an 18. You hear in message and in your ear go, um, uh, okay, dang it, I'll be right there. And I'll just scream at Mal. McCoth's coming! They might have something! With that response, Mal, just quietly to herself, whispers, I'm sorry. And she will use her fourth rage to rage as a bear. And will dive in headfirst into the water. With Lance yelling that McCoth as something with Fleeple just coming to and Mal feeling the dread of the moment. We, as a picture and as an audience, we see Mal take a breath and just dive into the water. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Firewall. You guys seem very distraught. <laughs> yes, we are, Ned. Ned's like, I could survive or I could play a part. It's either, either it's way like it's good win, for, win me. for me. Well, <laughs> do, you know how many, the, do you know how many five stars would go to one immediately? <laughs> <laughs> the, dice, the dice tell the story they want to I tell. I had completely forgotten that rolling a natural 20 means you get one hit point. That is... Hey, so <laughs> nice. yeah, they're like, oh, wait, 
Oh, dang. Oh, shoot. Wait a minute. And the dice did tell a story. Oh, we got a beautiful moment of this tension and this dread. And Fleeple, I mean, pulling some awesome shenanigans is what I'll say. <laughs> As Fleeple, pop, pop, pop. Oh, what an exciting episode for me. Ned, Jacob, Mickey, thank you as always for joining as wonderful, magnificent, and creative players. But listeners, thank you for joining us on this intense episode. Uh, We love that you're here. We love telling this story and love what we're able to explore. And we just are grateful that you're exploring it with us. If you like what we're doing, if you like listening to this type of content, please leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice uh, or leave a comment uh, however you want. I know uh, Spotify lets you leave comments on the episodes as well. We've gotten some wonderful comments from fans who've talked about nail-biting moments, things that they've liked on some of our Crunch Squad episodes as well uh, with some further suggestions. So please don't forget to leave us a review uh, and uh, interact with us there. But if you want to interact with us a little bit further or a little bit more, not as restrictive to a a five-star review format, you can shoot us email at icastfireball2020 at gmail.com where we have some wonderful, fantastic people reaching out to us about things that they love and things that they're concerned about. The first one that I'm going to be shouting out today is from Anna. Anna shot us a message not too long ago saying she loves the podcast. Uh, She's a big fan. And the things she really likes focusing is the character development is phenomenal that we strive to use clean language. And she has a really sweet, heartfelt story that she told with us. We're going to leave it private because we didn't ask for permission beforehand on that story. But it's brought people together in her life. And we're very happy for that. And Anna, thank you for joining us. And yeah, we are just very grateful that you're along for the ride. Next person we're going to be shouting out is Nick. Nick reached out saying they're a short-time listener, first-time contactor, and that they haven't been playing D&D, but only for a year and a half, and that they are actually brought to our podcast due to Tyranny of Dragons. They had a group of players that after getting through the intro module, Minds of Fandelver, they voted for Tyranny of Dragons, and that there was a lot of hate online for this adventure because it was the first one for 5th edition. The list goes on. And that listening to us um, for the actual plays led me to led him to this podcast. Thank you for the hard work, as they say, and listening and reading through the book. It's got them excited to figure out how to do things, do some things differently. Maybe some incorporate that homebrew. Nick, you incorporate that homebrew. There's so many opportunities in this campaign to really inject yourself and make things thematic for you and your adventurers. And if Nick, if you and other listeners want help with your own homebrew material, reach out to us in our email. Jump in our Patreon exclusive Discord where we talk about things like this. And we would love to be able to interact with you uh, as cast and fans and uh, just get to know you a little bit more there. Don't forget to reach out to us on our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, where we have our audio only podcasts at, at iCastFireball20 and our Patreon, patreon.com slash iCastFireball20, where you can jump into our Discord, where we have some amazing conversations going on there. Lastly, and quickly want to shout out our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop. They have amazing campaigns going on. Don't forget to check them out and leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. Sorry for this long outro, everybody, but I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.